0: Your car doesn't get much of a summer break. Bugs, UV rays, and pollen can all cause damage. Stay protected at WetGo with WeatherShield and a free month of unlimited washes. Just purchase your first month of WetGo Go Go Unlimited and your second month is free. Wash as many times as you want. And when you choose our all-weather or showroom pass featuring WeatherShield, you'll say bye-bye to bugs all summer long. Sign up today at getgocafe.com slash unlimited.
1: This property is an incredible opportunity to own a 3,000 square foot home in stunning Victoria, Canada. This property is move-in ready, including the addition of brand new flooring in the master bedroom. This four bedroom, two and a half bath and two car attached garage features easy access to the master suite from the second landing stairs with its own ensuite bathroom. The flooring in these rooms is brand new, no slashes, I mean scratches whatsoever. In addition, the room has a beautiful flesh, I mean fresh, blood-red paint. The kitchen has top-of-the-line granite countertops, stainless steel appliances, double oven, a built-in microwave, plus has a sliding door to lead to the sprawling backyard and lush gardens, which can also be used as an escape route for any knife-slashing maniac with a thirst for blood whom you might be entertaining. This million-dollar listing is priced to sell.
2: Yeah, it's a Saturday night in Charleston, South Carolina. We got the windows oh, open. Oh, it's
3: beautiful. It was
2: 70 degrees today.
3: It was finally ah. warm. It was like 80 in Somerville. It was hot. It was. I think I think I got a I was tan the, line today. Yeah,
2: there was people tanning on the beach today.
1: I wanted to go to the beach so bad. It was was a beautiful
3: day it's nice to finally see the sun and thaw out i I originally was gonna go golfing but then it was so nice out that i couldn't get a tea time anywhere oh you gotta book that in advance i know i know oof well uh this is the
1: my take on the millionaire margarita or was that the name of it mansion margarita The mansion margarita um we didn't have all the ingredients so i came up with my own the basis of which tequila of so course. we had that um but well, when I, you start
3: with tequila you can't go wrong
1: yeah. uh so it's tequila lime juice um um cointreau no grand marnier no what's the syrup that i or I got syrup thank you <laughs> really spacing out the one that you always um, use for everything yeah just because we didn't have any sour mix so i wanted like a sweet, sweet. something to sweet yeah it, but it sweeten was good
3: it. and uh, a little bit of pomegranate juice Ooh, so it's like a pomegranate margarita mm-hmm. and it's delicious
1: that goes down pretty dang smooth and
3: honestly like this is restaurant quality margarita thanks so it well, would be if that, that if it was icy it would be like a frozen one yeah well we don't have a like
1: it doesn't it's not the same when you blend it with a regular blender. You need a you need a margarita maker. Yeah.
2: But it is good.
1: I prefer my margaritas on the rocks personally. On the rocks, no salt. If they can, sugar. Yeah. Um before we get started, we do need to officially welcome and thank our Patreon subscribers. Woo-hoo! Uh we just got that launched and uh just wanted to say thanks to our newest members. D and Darren and uh, we've ha- working on incorporating our former supremos into that as well uh, so thanks everyone for joining we've Thank got a you. couple uh, of things that are only available to our patreon fans uh which includes available for all of our tiers a weekly ask us anything video uh there is some exclusive patreon uh episodes that are only available to our patreon subscribers uh, and lots of other bonus content including if you be are a taco supremo not only can you uh Dedicate, have a surprise shot dedicated in your honor, but you can pick the surprise shot and we'll read a message of your choice. So uh, check out the tiers on patreon.com and thanks for supporting.
2: Yeah, you can go to talkmurder.com slash join and it'd send you that way.
3: Perfect. Yes, talkmurder.com slash join.
2: <clears throat> All right, so by the time you guys hear this, the, be on the, floor. <laughs> the contest for Among the Dirt and Trees podcast is over so we do have a winner you have to listen to brianne's latest episode and she'll announce the winner and stuff like that but thank you to whoever you are thanks for playing
1: so those stuff that came in is seriously super cool so i think my favorite thing in the whole pack was the uh lighter that was the coolest looking lighter i've ever seen like it's it's like one of those it's it's a zippo I don't know what that is. You don't know what a zippo is. A zippo is the one that yeah, it's one of those, but like it has like a camping image. It's really cool looking. Yeah. So not that I camp at all, but it looked nice. All I that go stuff camping was really nice.
2: Summer. All that stuff was really nice. It was the best of you can get of yeah, that stuff. So. Yeah. So for our Patreon episode for this week, and I've been wanting to do this for a long time because the blog has hundreds of comments on this post, but I think we should revisit the Missy Beavers case. You know, just do an update on it. There were some new developments, a lot of blog comments I got. I I want to explore. I mean, if you type in Missy Beavers, our post is the number one discussed on the entire internet of that case. And everyone is that putting their opinions out there. And all right. I, I can 100% tell you that the killer definitely read that post and it's made me, yeah, it makes me think of how many killers have read other posts I've made,
3: Mm. you know? I can't wait to hear more about that.
2: Well, so I got a couple comments that came in that were really suspicious and I was like, ugh, but that's going to be our next Patreon episode. I've been wanting to do it for a while. That case is still not solved if you don't know about it, in 2016, Missy Beavers, she was a 40 something year old personal trainer and she showed up at her cho- or church <laughs> and she sh- <laughs> and she showed up at her church, the Midlothian church in Midlothian, Texas. And well, you have to see the video. I can't really describe what happened, but basically someone broke in there wearing a very unique attire and slaughtered her inside the church and the case He's is caught still it's caught on camera the case has never been solved and some of the suspects including a lot of the family members are very suspicious let's just say that so i want to revisit the case again just for my own sake because i want to stop thinking about it and you know, we get so many comments on that blog. It's ridiculous. But we yeah. are going to revisit that for the Patreon. So if you're not a Patreon member, go to talkmer.com slash join to become one. You can also go to talko.fm slash join. And that's the same thing. It'll take you straight to Patreon. But all right. Sweet. Love well, it.
3: Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are, cause they're a surprise.
2: I'm almost out of this drink, <laughs> by the way. Yes, sir. I heard it very... What'd you say? You were like, yeah, same. Look, you got the whole glass. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about?
3: Aperol. It is Aperol. Tastes like Dimetap, but that's Tastes fine.
2: like we should order some IHOP pancakes. All right.
3: That looks like Eva Mendez. Oh, yeah, it
1: does.
2: Yeah. She's talking about the photo there I put of Lindsay Buziak... Have y'all heard of this case? Mm -mm. No. I gave you the hint, the million dollar listing.
3: Is she a realtor?
2: Look at that photo. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I would say she's a realtor. Yeah,
2: she looks like a realtor, doesn't she? How old is she?
3: 36.
2: Damn, if she was alive today, she'd freaking slap you, man. She's 24.
1: (laughs) I was going to say like 29. 29. But Jesus
2: Christ.
3: Well, I'm getting older, so I guess I think that- she's even
2: 23 in that photo, I'm pretty no sure. Way. Wow.
3: I mean, like I I guess yes way. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I guess yes way. I don't Holy know. Holy
2: shit. I don't know. She is the victim tonight, oh, unfortunately. Sorry. Sorry. No, that's all right. I mean, I, I think mean it's the offend. makeup and the professional look that makes it's her look older. It's the headshot. Yeah. You know. I mean, cuz she wants I'm not I don't know if she does, but most realtors, I believe, would want to look older and more experienced. That's
1: right. I would agree with that. I would be like, how many houses you sold, you know?
2: Yeah, I'll show you some other pictures here in a little bit of her and you'll see she doesn't look that old. Oh, okay. Tonight's story is the Lindsay Buziak case. A lot of people haven't heard this. The FBI has recently got involved in this case. They, the recently as of February 8th, I believe, they announced it. just a couple of weeks ago. It is still unsolved. But, I'm going to throw out a lot of freaking speculation. We're going to name drop a shit ton of people. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> and, and let us preface this episode by just using the word allegedly <laughs> yeah. for the whole just a No, I never went episode. to journalism
2: school. I don't have to use that shit. I don't know
1: shit. how it works. How about this? But I'm just going to say allegedly No, now.
2: 100% facts on this episode. However, the last few slides get into speculation. Guys, if you're new here, if this is your first time, welcome Talk Murder to Me. We are a family-friendly blog, so if your kids are in the car, please turn up the volume, take your earphones off. Yeah, tonight, we're not. Let's we just are, say. Tonight we're covering the Lindsay Buziak case. You can find the evidence photos at Talk Murder.com. And uh, the front page there, it'll be episode 220. We've been doing this for 220 episodes. So it'll be on there, episode 220. Lindsay Buziak, she is a realtor. We are also streaming this on YouTube. That's Y O T U B E.com. And you type in Talk Murder to Me. This is episode 220. If you want to see the episode, Photos as I go through all the timeline and everything, you definitely want to see these photos. So, either way, talkmur.com or YouTube. If you're not driving, or if you're, or if you just want to, you know, look away for a little bit, <laughs> I, I'm, I got some poison tonight.
1: <laughs> that girl is poison.
2: <laughs> so, this is Lindsay Buziak right here. She is a brunette. She is Canadian, obviously. We're in Canada. she what do you how do you describe her?
1: <clears throat> um, young brunette with um like caramel highlights in her hair. She looks like Eva Mendes to me.
2: She looks like a realtor. and the girls pointed out earlier that she looks older than she is. she's twenty four. And I believe she's twenty three in this photo, maybe, maybe twenty four. But I believe that's because she wants to look older because I think realtors want to look older because they want to look like they have experience. Yeah, she's actually brand new. This is her second year of doing it, not even her second year of doing this. so of of real estate. Mm-hmm. And with the houses that she's in charge of, the listing she's in charge of in the area, of canada where she's working are million dollar and up houses so you don't want to look like you just joined remax you know what i'm saying to, to sell a million dollar house right mm. you want to look like you've been doing this forever right. and a photo is a good way to do that yeah. make yourself look like you, you know you're older
3: makes sense i feel like realist real real estate agents there's a difference between a realtor and a real mm-hmm. estate agent, which I recently found out, but I don't remember what it is. But if you work in real estate, I feel like you want to try to target the the areas that are up and coming or trendy or, you know, have some money there if you want to make a bigger commission. Am I right in <sighs> mm-hmm. guessing that? Lindsay
2: Buziak, 24 years old, born in Victoria. And that's actually where we're going tonight, Victoria. That's the left side of Canada, right above Alaska. She went to Lake Hill Elementary School, Reynolds Secondary, and she's all right. Let me just let me just say, this Lindsay Buziak, she is a go getter. Twenty four years old, the whole world's ahead of her. She has a nice black BMW. She's in real estate. She's showing these million dollar houses, and
1: she has previously sold million dollar houses. No, her... I'm not
2: saying that she sold million-dollar houses. Okay, okay. So in she fact, hasn't
1: earned that cheddar yet. But she's showing them.
2: She has sold houses, but I, okay. didn't, I didn't jump into her previous sales. I don't even know if that's available. <laughs> but I do know she was having money problems at this time. And not only that, we're going to 2008, February 2nd tonight. And what was going on in February or what was going on in 2008 with the real estate market?
3: It was on the bubble, right? It was. Did it? Oof! That's when it was bursting.
2: Yeah. So the end of 2007, the bubble burst for the real estate bubble. And if you want more information on that, watch The Big Short or read the books. Even better. Basically, uh, these agents and nationwide and even Canada, worldwide, they were just selling these houses for to people that can't buy them, couldn't afford them. And then people started defaulting on their loans and then in mass. And it's this whole thing where they would bundle up these loans. It's all this technical financial mumbo jumbo. But in mass, people started defaulting on the loans, causing the real estate market as a whole to plummet, literally plummet to the ground, which the real estate market is connected to everything, Mm -hmm. even other countries. So we have places like Iceland you know, going under because of what America was perpetuating here with our with our um financial products.
3: I remember Oops. my parents wanted to buy uh, to build a house. We we bought the land, and we were working with a with the real estate agent. And then, like in that around that time period when everything was really bad with with real estate, um, we like saw him, and he was like stocking shelves at Walmart because he Ugh. was had such a hard time getting by. It was, I mean, That's I mean, awful. I'm glad that he got a job, but like it was kind of like. Oh, that's awful. Yeah.
2: yeah. So she was going through this, too. I mean, everyone was. So there are some money problems here. She uh, had told some friends that she was struggling a little bit. But if you're a real estate agent, you can't show your clients you're struggling. You have right. to keep this persona of success. success and yep. that's what sells. So that's the kind of twisted life the realtor lives, I guess. Anyway, she goes to Reynolds Secondary. This is a little bit about her background. She gets her real estate license after graduating and working in Victoria. She was working in Victoria, but then moved to Vancouver, which is pretty close by. And in Vancouver, she worked for Maverick Real Estate Corporation. And then she returned to Victoria and joined REMAX Camason, which is it's a Remax location, mm. and we're going to actually show you a Google Earth of that. All right, so Lindsay Buziak had a boyfriend and about the same age. His name is Jason Zallo, Z A I L O. Mm-hmm. If you want to describe what he looks like?
1: Um creepy. He looks older. Sinister. Like he looks like he's in his 30s despite the fact that you said that he's the same age. Slimy. Um, yeah, he's
2: about the same age.
1: Um I mean he's like dark hair Look, he's got a pretty far receding hairline for somebody who's in his early twenties. Goatee, um, soul patch. Yeah.
2: All right. So this don't like the look. This is Saturday, February second. They actually have a late lunch at this restaurant called Sauce, no longer in business. And this is in Victoria. She actually has plans to meet with a client, a wealthy couple, husband and wife that came to see a million dollar property they flew in from the mainland they're staying all weekend and so she's leaving sauce she goes to her home which i'll show you her home in a second and then she goes to the the location the house location she's going to show the property that night Mm -hmm. so for you youtube guys this is the sauce location Mm -hmm. and we can go back and look at that in a minute but i want to show you where she drove to Kind of far, yeah. So she goes all the way up here one seven zero two De Salsa, De Salsa, uh, excuse me, De Salsa Place. This is the home right here. If you want to kind of wow. describe that, yeah, it's really nice.
1: Big house, um, stone driveway, yes, yeah, on so a corner
2: at the time, and you see other homes here. At the time, these homes were being built, but they were not built yet. Okay. okay.
3: The one so that she goes to,
2: seventeen zero two, was the only one that was ready to be sold. It Got was it. brand new. You're looking at a cul-de-sac here. There's, I think, five or six homes. They're all million-dollar listings, and this is the actual so home. very nice house. Very nice house. Two two door, stories, bay garage.
1: windows, very good. Natural size, lighting. lots. Yeah, big windows. Very nice. Very nice.
2: I'm going to get to this in a little bit, but she was really creeped out about this appointment. I don't know. She, she had a bad feeling about these clients. Mm-hmm. Extremely bad feeling. She'll so listen
3: to her intuition.
2: Yeah, exactly. So she actually asked her boyfriend, Jason Zallo to come and follow her to the appointment and kind of just be there, maybe even parked outside or whatever while she's in they had worked on projects together house closings and stuff like that together already so it wouldn't be weird if he comes in there with her you know mm-hmm.
1: did she not think that they were really able to afford this place like don't you have to get pre you know some well sort yeah of pre-qualified no it's not you that
2: it's not that they couldn't afford it and i'm gonna get to I'm going to get to why it was so weird, but the phone call itself was really weird. It was a woman speaking in a heavy Mexican accent. And when Lindsay called around to her clients, because the woman had told her that she was referred to Lindsay by one of her previous clients. So when Lindsay called around, no one has heard of this woman. She used Lindsay's private cell phone number instead of the number listed on her Remax advertisement. So after sauce, the restaurant, Jason pays the bill at 424 PM. This is a Saturday. Like I said, the boyfriend goes to autographics, S H C autographics, because he is helping them sell a property. He's a realtor too. So he's like, all right, I'm going to come with you to this house. Cause I know you're creeped out, but at first, I got to go handle this one client. They want to sell this property. And then I'm going to be on my way over there and as soon as you get there, probably I'll be there. Around this time, his friend, his name is Cohen Oatman. He is the passenger. So he gets into Jason's car. They have a uh, a Land Rover, 2005 Land Rover, I think. Mm-hmm. Black Land Rover. They drive all the way to the property. It was a tiny cul-de-sac. Her black BMW was in the driveway. No other cars on the road. They waited and Watched the house until about 6 p.m. Then they finally walked up to the door. The front door was closed and Mm -hmm. locked, which is normal because when a real estate agent goes in, they have the lock box, they unlock it. And then in order so no one would run in a client or whatever, they take the box inside with them. So that's not abnormal but it was locked. He rings the doorbell. He knocks. Then he calls 911. He actually calls 911 twice. And this is where Jason runs in. His friend goes around the back of the house, opens the patio door, runs into the living area, opens the front door for Jason. And then Jason runs upstairs. He runs upstairs and directly into the master bedroom where he sees his girlfriend, She was face down, stabbed over 40 times. Whoa. She had no defensive wounds. This is from checknews.ca.
1: Saanich police say that they are investigating new leads in murder of Lindsay Buziak, working with FBI. Buziak had been showing the home to two potential buyers, a man and a woman who remain unidentified, when she was fatally stabbed more than 40 times in the upstairs bedroom of the home sometime in the evening. Her boyfriend discovered her body inside the vacant home shortly after becoming concerned when he couldn't reach her and called 911.
2: Do you want to guess why she would have no defensive wounds? Did
3: they slit her neck first?
2: No, they didn't slit her neck, even though... And I and I could not find the autopsy. I don't think it's available publicly, even though certain news sites say it is. I couldn't find it. I've searched everywhere for the autopsy report, but I did see in multiple sources that she was stabbed over 40 times, which is important because what does that mean if she stabbed that many times?
3: It was intimate.
2: Yeah. So it was kind of it wasn't just you random, know, random thing. There was no defensive wounds, which means one of two things. Number one. She was, let let me kind of break down. She could have been subdued. Let let, let me tell you, let me kind of break down. This is kind of a hard story. She shows these clients this home. They walk in the door. And you know, when you are going to buy a home from a realtor, who walks in front? The realtor. Mm -hmm. They walk in front. They walk in front of you. They show the open space and stuff like that. Their backs usually turn to you. One of the reasons- Most likely she didn't have defensive wounds is because she when they walked upstairs and as soon as they went into the master bat master bedroom is when the male most likely pulled out a knife and attacked her. Uh So that would be in the back. All right. There's two reasons why I could feel that there's no defensive wounds. Number one. And the autopsy I could not find, but I did see sources where her spinal cord was severed Mm. on the first blow, which would incapacitate the victim and there would be no defensive wounds. Now, when you're talking about that, that precise location to do that a lot of people think of it could have been a hit. It could have been a professional hit because you don't want to just start stabbing someone wherever. If you're a hit man, you know how to completely just take them out right there. Interesting. You know the spot to do it, and that is right at the position of the spine where they got her. Boom, first one. The second reason there's no defensive wounds, from what I can think of, is because there's another person, the woman mm-hmm. there, to hold her down. Maybe she did have yep. defensive wounds, but she fell on the ground and she's trying to flay her arms and then that's when he attacks her i cannot find the autopsy report anywhere if you could find it i don't think it's available i think it's only available if you're a big news station or some shit but i don't know if they got the freedom of information act like we got it here Hmm. but i couldn't find it but she was stabbed over 40 times from the sources that i've seen what you're looking at now is where she was found this is the master bedroom so what do you know about the floor
1: looks like it's torn up
2: yeah so the carpet they obviously they just ripped the whole carpet out because blood samples stuff like that but this is most likely where her body was and Mm -hmm. like i said details are pretty pretty not available on this case but i'd imagine her body would be face down right there Mm -hmm. where that big white plaster spot is and then blood splatter on the wall and then the uh, detectives cut that whole piece of carpet out you see at the very left there they left that hardwood there Mm -hmm. as where it was so i think that is where her body was leading into the master bathroom Hmm. the body was found on 6 p.m on saturday by her boyfriend jason zallow the police actually received two anonymous 911 calls most likely from the killer i'd imagine weird saying hey you might want to go check this out or, or whatever that is that's information that I only saw once in a police report, but I did not see that replicated anywhere. We do know Jason called twice. He called once when he thought it was strange. The door was locked and he can't get in. He mm-hmm. can't. You know, his girlfriend's not texting back. And again, once he found the body, Jason's calls came in at 615. That was the first one when he was worried about his girlfriend. And then when he goes into the house, that's when he calls again. What you're looking at now is the layout of the house. So this is the second floor. Do you see that master bedroom? Mm-hmm. So that's where her body was found leading right into the master bathroom. So and I have those pictures on com. This is the first floor. Yep. So the patio section was the only one open. The two people that were sh- getting shown the house, the couple, they are the murderers. Right. She goes in. They kill her, and then they try to leave out the front door, but guess who they see? Jason.
1: Jason's coming in right so at the So then time. they
2: shut the door, they lock it, and then they run out the patio side door. That diagram you're looking at right now, they run out that door. Now, they are out in the open. It The sun does go down around this time, so it is getting dusk, but if you, as you've seen from the Google Earth, there's a lot of other properties around this area. So that is really risky for them to just run yeah, out like yeah. that. And you know they're completely splotched in blood. They got to be. Right.
3: I mean, yeah. If it's a knife attack. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah.
2: Now, a witness that was across the street actually saw the couple going into the home and they said that she was wearing a very unique dress.
3: Hmm. Huh. Okay.
2: And police found out it was this dress right here. They think it's an exact match. Wow! Now it looks like a de- a designer dress, but and I'm just putting this in there just for the episode. But this lead did not pan out. This is not a designer dress. It's actually pretty available in their TJ Maxx or whatever it is. It okay. looks
3: like a drawing of like the esophagus going down into the stomach from an anatomy book. It's something. What?
2: And this is what the woman looks like. That is what the witness did. Huh. Interesting.
1: What else strikes me about that is that there's... If there's no car in the driveway and they escaped at the back, then they were dropped off and then picked back up? Like, that's kind of strange. Well, you're, you're
2: really close to the the ferry route right there. Okay. But if you look at the area, which we'll go back and look at it, it's still a long... I mean, they could have... They most likely got on a boat... Which brought them across the river, then rented a car, or maybe even got a taxi or something. So that's not really too strange, because they came from the mainland. They had to cross from a ferry or either a plane. Right. So they probably didn't have their car available. Okay. At 541, Lindsay's Blackberry made a phone call to Hmm. uh, one of her friend's numbers. Now, this was a pocket dial from her Blackberry this was most likely the exact time she was getting murdered. The uh, the police believe, and I don't know who it was. I believe it was just a random, you know, blackberries. it's not, um, they, they have the keyboard, the actual physical yeah, keyboard right. on it. Yeah, so if you just hold, I think if you just hold, because I used to have a Blackberry, you hold mm-hmm. the call button, it unlocks it. So if she's, I mean, maybe she was doing it while she was getting stabbed, mm-hmm. but I doubt it, man. I think she just, but then again, I don't know. I mean, it just squished on her leg or something, and Dow just completely it. But that's that is when she was getting murdered at yeah. that second. So I wanted a eerie. BlackBerry
3: so bad when I was in college. They came a major. They had a major comeback in like that, yeah, two thousand ten.
2: Yeah, but iPhones, you know.
3: Well, yeah, I ended up. I had an Android before I had my iPhone, but I won't switch back now.
2: Lindsay and her boyfriend, Jason Zalo, they go to Sauce together, like I said. They've been dating a little over a year. And this is the apartment they actually rented together.
3: That's a nice view.
2: Yeah. This is 6-8 Songhees Road, Victoria, West Victoria.
3: Wow.
2: And it is an extremely expensive condo, Waterfront Condo in Victoria.
1: Was he making a lot of money? I know like was he doing well in he, real estate or? yeah so he
2: th- about him his mom as we'll get to is a extremely ex- successful real estate agent interesting now he okay. had a deal go bad earlier before this happened and I think some other shady stuff but as of now he's supposedly really successful and mm-hmm. he was successful at the time I imagine I mean okay. he was driving a Range Rover yeah it's a pretty expensive car but I'm going to throw this in there. I'm not trying to cause any doubt, but this is from the father's website, his blog, Very Outspoken Guy. This is the exact text I pulled from the blog about the 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 couple living in this waterfront condo.
1: Mid-December 2007. While in Jason and Lindy's condo at 68 Song Keys, Lindsay told Nikki she was going to leave Jason after some real estate deals they were working on together closed. Lindsay heard a noise by the bedroom door and found Jason standing behind their bedroom door eavesdropping. He had heard everything. Both girls bolted from the condo. Jason tried to call Lindsay numerous times, but she didn't answer. He finally gave up and called his mother instead. Lindsay returned to the condo a few hours later against the wishes of her friend Nikki. Jason never brought it up, what he heard, and acted like nothing happened.
2: All right, so a couple of the sources I'm pulling this episode from, I think we should go ahead and lay them out. This is the father, Jeff Buziak, right here. You see the poster he made there. Wanted dead or alive.
3: The SOB who murdered Lindsay Buziak. Quite catching.
2: $500,000 he's offering as a personal reward. Wow. So his... His website is com. A lot of the information I'm pulling from him, he is very outspoken. The police that were supposedly taking care of this case, I mean, this was going on 13 years now, yeah. that is unsolved, or more than 13 years, is the Saanich Police. But I'm going to call them the Sandwich Police because Jeff actually calls them the sandwich police, and I think that's funny.
1: i <laughs> oh, you're going to make me want a sandwich. <laughs> They're super I mean...
2: incompetent, according to Jeff Buziak, the father. Mm. So you see he's very outspoken. He made his own wanted dead or alive poster. I'll post that on Talkmore.com. A uh, couple of the other sources, I'm getting my information from the Calgary Herald, some of their newspaper sources, and also Capital Daily. They recently had a an expose kind of on the screen story and put together some information that has been unreleased thus far. So I'm pulling a lot of information from that. I put all my sources on Talkmore.com. I'm also going down the more the routes that I would probably get fired if I was a real journalist and we're going to put some, uh, Some gossip blogs on there Hmm. and and name drop some shit. (laughs) One of them is called gangstersout.blogspot.com. So if you have a blogspot ad. It's
1: a real site. Okay.
2: Yeah. So what you're seeing now is one of the Crime Stopper videos they made of this case. They made a couple reenactments of how things went down. This is of Jason entering the front door. Remember his friend went around to the patio, found the door open.
4: Yeah. And then
2: went back in the home. Went straight to the door to let his buddy Jason in. Jason runs straight up the stairs, master bedroom, and finds his girlfriend murdered. So I was running inside the house.
1: Uh, I just came running up the stairs. Do you remember running the banister at all, or uh, down there?
3: Okay. What else were you doing? Did you, did you see anything? Did you hear anything? Did you smell anything? Can kind of put yourself back there into into that uh, exact corner? Uh, the the time I got to from the door to upstairs was probably two seconds. Okay, so you're like gonna... I was running up the stairs. Okay. Yeah, like I didn't walk. I didn't.
2: The second I opened the door, I yelled Lindsay, Lindsay, uh, and then I
1: ran
0: I ran up these stairs as fast as I could. Okay, so I ran.
3: Up... Think about the fact that he had two people there. Like it would make sense that maybe one was gonna look downstairs and one looks upstairs. Yeah, and and also yes, split up. I agree. Yeah,
2: so a lot of people online think the boyfriend is involved, and I'm not gonna say whether I think he is or not right yet. But look at the stairs compared to where the door is, okay. They're really close. It's like yeah. straight ahead. There's there's no... Yeah. Really, if you're walking straight, okay, mm-hmm. and then you see the stairs, and, and especially like you said, Jen, if the other friend is in front of you and he passes the stairs, you automatically think, okay, he's got downstairs, I got upstairs. Yeah. Kind I, of thing.
1: I agree with that logic, yes. Because a
2: lot of people think the boyfriend did it. Okay, but... Obviously he didn't do it because there was he has an alibi. He is on CCTV at the time he said he was driving there. Doesn't and not he couldn't have been involved. I know, with I, the know I know. That's what we're but, trying to decide. But it it is weird that he went straight to the body. Yes.
1: Well, but then he but said, it, but it makes well, where, sense though the way that we said it. Like the the stairs are right there. The friend goes right down the hallway. And you split up. Like It doesn't make sense for you if you're going to try to save somebody.
3: To go in the to same go, place. Yeah,
1: to team up. but it and makes then, sense to separate. Then
3: you have to think about... I, I don't remember what the house looked like, but I think that the master bedroom was near the stairs, correct? No, it's... It's on the other yeah. side of the hallway? Or is the master... All right, so the master bedroom is the first room when you right. come up the stairs. So I guess it... You'd it, go it, straight it, into the master it's room. It's logical yeah. if you go in the, straight, the first room, you can see. You wouldn't necessarily go past you know and plus
2: you could probably see something going on because that's the open door you run up the stairs
1: you might be able to see some blood on the yeah i mean
2: you're you're looking through the open door yeah and the body's right there
1: that that is logical yeah
2: that is one of the the sticking points to a lot of people why did he run straight upstairs okay we know he didn't do it he has an alibi
1: physically do it he
2: didn't fit we know he didn't physically do it but why did he run upstairs Okay, we, we got to eliminate the boyfriend the best we can.
1: I'm okay I'm okay. so far
3: I, I'm okay I'm with very, him running upstairs. Yeah, I'm but, comfortable what, what did with you
2: that. what did you what did you think of the video of him? Did it was there anything suspicious?
3: I think like maybe like that one point when he's revisiting the scene in his head he takes a deep breath and it's like 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 you but it I mean if you go to see something traumatic and I'm not I'm not exonerating him by any means here I'm just saying like the detective Is talking him through it and then Like you have a moment to yourself where you're Looking at him and trying to pick up On his body language and he's like Going through the scene And he does take that deep breath and it's kind of Like it can either be like a deep breath Like I'm trying to recover from seeing something Traumatic or it can be like okay Like F like they might Tie me to this so it's it's kind of Hard based on that one scene that we saw Well let
2: me give you Let me go ahead and move this case forward for us. Okay. The police, the sandwich police, and a lot of people that spend more than five minutes reading headlines eliminate the boyfriend altogether. Number one, he didn't do it physically. He may have been involved, you know, as a third party Mm -hmm. facilitating this. But we know he didn't do it physically. There's CCTV of him getting in his Land Rover and his friend. They get to the house. It is weird. They did park way down the road and they should have parked right outside the house. They didn't. And they waited forever. And then he did run straight up to the body. That's all weird. But let's talk about him as a person in this case number one the Sandich, sandwich Saanich police completely eliminated him as a suspect he has been uh available and completely open with with everything he you, oh you need my cell phone here you go you need her facebook password here you go he's been completely there he hasn't been dodging any interviews. He took a polygraph test. He did pass. And some of the questions were related to, did you have anything to do with this? Let's eliminate the boyfriend just for the sake of the episode because the police did it. And once I kind of go over some of the other theories, you, you won't suspect him as much anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. Okay. Now, let's talk about the weird phone call because that is that is the thing that makes this case so unique is the phone call. Number one, a realtor gets lured to a home, murdered. Okay. She stabbed in the back, severing her spinal cord. That must've been some kind of hit, but wait, she stabbed over 40 times. That meant must mean jealousy or whatever. But then there was a woman with her. Like it's getting weird. Yeah. Now before she even goes to this, to her death site, She gets a few weird phone calls, extremely weird, out of the blue on her personal cell phone number. Now, her ad for her Remax brochure has her work number that wasn't called. Plus, not only that, the home that she was showing, she wasn't even the primary agent for. So whoever Mm -hmm. called her wanted to see homes that weren't even listed under her. But they wanted her specifically when they said Weird. when she because she did ask, you know. And and the caller very heavy Mexican accent. He she actually assigned his number, which turned out to be a burner phone fake number as, quote, hmm. million dollar.
3: Hmm. OK, interesting so
2: he did use that word million dollar home. There were 10 calls from Lindsay and, and back from this phone.
1: Did she have like billboard ads or any like no, public not yet. facing so, things?
2: So here's the thing with real estate agents. If you see the big billboards and someone's face everywhere, they've pretty much been in the game for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because as a real estate agent, you actually work for yourself. You know, you're not getting salary from Remax. Right, right. You're you're getting paid what you sell. So if you want to promote yourself, you're going to have to pay that out of pocket to for advertising. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she didn't have the money to do that. But so it's weird that they did get her her real number. Yeah. The caller was a heavy, heavy Mexican. This from the police quote, strong Mexican or Spanish accent. Now, a, now this is extremely important, and I don't see this mentioned a lot, but just this is really important to me. Okay. A second woman also receives a mysterious call.
4: At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account, then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at huntington.com slash money scout.
0: There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious, beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.
2: A second woman, not Lindsay Buziak, another woman in REMAX. Now, this is what the media doesn't want or doesn't report, because I believe this is a huge, huge thing for me, at least. Yeah, I agree. A second woman claims to receive a suspicious call. Her name is Jasmine Parsons. She's twenty-two years old. So, what does that mean? Twenty-two. Lindsay's twenty-four.
1: They're they're looking for it's a like a type a young, young real estate agent, an experienced, yeah.
2: Yeah, not so, well known, which is weird because maybe
1: not be maybe not where be it missed. Seems like oh wow, I'm gonna someone's interested in a million dollar property. Like this is huge for me.
2: But it's weird that they would call the inexperienced real estate agents because usually those are the ones you don't want because they're gonna fuck up the paperwork like, well, and everything like, else.
3: Exactly, but yeah. that's that's kind of the like they're they'll be more willing to show in it because sense. they have a chance to make a lot more money and where you would want a more experienced. Real estate mm-hmm. agent to show you those types of homes.
2: The voice on the phone was from her, a quote, strong Mexican or Spanish accent and said, quote, can you come over? Ooh. Oh, oh, I want to list my house in quote. She replies and ask about the address. And then a reply comes back, quote, oh, you know what? I'm not sure can I call you back in quote? And she never did. So it was the woman.
1: Interesting. That I think is very significant because it shows it uh, less involvement from the boyfriend for sure. Like it's more, they were hoping for somebody young and gullible. Right. And they didn't get it on their first try. They didn't know what they were asking for. They didn't know maybe what to go make sure they did. In order to make their story believable. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: They didn't even have an address on their first first phone call. Mm.
2: Now, the phone that was used in Lindsay Buziak's death was purchased three months before her death. It was only used to call Lindsay Buziak. Mm. Okay. And it was brought, they traced the phone, it was a burner phone. It was brought to Vancouver Island from Lower Mainland in 24 hours, the 24 hours of her death. Uh Uh-huh. It was purchased in late 2007. Remember, she was murdered February 2nd, Mm -hmm. 2008. Mm -hmm. The phone was activated in late 2000, or excuse me, in late January 2008 under the name Paulo Rodriguez. And it was a fake name with a fake address. Hmm. Lindsay Buziak planned to show this couple, quote, and you know, rabbit ears couple, several listings. They requested both vacant and new. And Hmm. on Friday the 1st, so one day before, she emailed several suggestions to the couple. So what you're seeing now is Lindsay Buziak's notepad, her day planner. So I'll put this on TalkMirror.com. It's interesting because you see it says new. It's got to be a new home, which that one was. Three bed, three bath. Needs in, or it says needs to buy in three days. What? Exclamation mark. Very fast. So for a 24-year-old real estate agent, that's going to do a lot. The commission, I don't know how much commission was. And I, I know this was a shared listing between the primary agent's but even if she got 3% and the the house went for 964,000 so let's just call it a million 3% of a million is what 30,000 yeah something like that that's a pretty big commission
1: that that is could be somebody's you know close to their year
2: yeah even if the if, let's say cuz the, the listing wasn't hers primarily so she would have to give you know, a commission to the, the The listing agents. But even if it was only 2%, she got, that's still 20 grand.
3: That's nice. Yeah. And I also want to bring attention to something on the note where it says housekeeper separate area for housekeeper. So it looks like maybe they were looking for like a, if, if this was a hit per se, maybe they were looking for somewhere separate that the body they could Get her in a separate area from the house. Hmm, maybe that wouldn't be. I don't know. Well, I was
2: thinking that um, maybe they're trying to make it look like they have a family, a baby. Oh, okay. Because a housekeeper, separate area. You know, they're looking for a large master bedroom. This is from her notes. Fifteen to twenty minutes away from downtown, and the number there—that's the actual burner phone number: seven seven eight two three zero zero two one five. Wow. And that's the phone number, and it was only used that one time.
3: Mm.
2: So what do you guys think so far? So it, let's say it's not the boyfriend. Who would do Like, what's the possibilities of someone doing this? And the first theory I had was, all right, the market just crashed. Somebody's pissed off, and especially mm-hmm. a, a, a Hispanic, which I looked up the population in Canada— in this area, guess who the, guess who's most populated as far as a minority group in this area?
3: Hispanics?
2: The Chinese. Oh. Huh. Vince Lee.
3: Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, Vince And the, Lee. the
2: Greyhound bus. Where are
3: you
1: beheading.
2: Yeah. So, but Hispanics, there there's not a lot of them in this area. So the first thing I was mm. thinking, well, maybe. I would
1: wonder if there's a lot in Canada to begin mm, with, honestly.
2: Maybe. Well, not, probably not with a heavy Spanish accent. Mm. So the first thing I was thinking of well, maybe it's just a pissed off family that just bought a home and lost everything.
1: It's a very and interesting theory. Which
2: is and which went along and no one no one has that theory besides me. I'm the only one on the internet with that theory. It's like dude, look at the timeline. 2008 is when the world went to shit as far as the real estate market goes. Okay. Another thing that supports that theory that I'm the only one that has is that other agent was called as well that right a random agent so it's like well let me just get back at someone and we know they got to be young and you know female
3: i feel like if it was that that family who just bought a house and you know that specific one i feel like it would have to have been a prior client though in order to like get back at a real estate agent no
2: i would just i would no because then you'll get caught you got to have it. You got to be, you got to Israel keys it, man. Mm. <laughs> you got to be freaking completely rando.
1: It, I don't know. It's interesting. It's definitely a intriguing
2: thought. Now, that was my first theory. And then I started getting down another theory. All right, let's talk about the burner phone. We all watch The Wire. Who buys burner phones?
3: People in drug dealers. Drug, drug dealers.
2: Now, her boyfriend gave the police her t- Toshiba laptop. There were missing chat messages in her Facebook.
3: Oh, so and like some have been deleted?
2: Apparently Facebook got the um, summons or whatever to, to release those messages. They're not public. The FBI has them, which I'm huh. thinking is going to be a huge help with this case. But not only were the chat messages deleted, but a lot of the wall posts were deleted. So as a real estate agent, she had 700 friends on our Facebook. So for a period of two weeks before her death from January 24th, 2008 to, and this is the brand new information that came out on this case. Okay. All right. So from two weeks before her death from January 24th, 2008 to February 3rd, which is one day after the murder day, mm-hmm. 2008 Right. quote, there were no messages from any of Buziak's 700 friends on her wall in quote. Now, as a real estate agent, there should be messages back and forth because there were of some prior. So they're thinking someone went in there and purposely deleted all those messages.
1: Could it have been her boyfriend if he had the passwords?
2: There you go. I don't know. Not only that, but a large percentage, and I don't know the exact percentage, but I can tell you it was a large percentage from what the documents show of her friends were and this is from the police department quote violent criminals and involved in the illegal distribution of drugs end quote a large percent of her friends were involved in that in the drug trade okay and the drug trade in canada let's just say everyone's high on coke up there apparently, hmm. in Canada.
3: They like the white powder, huh? So is that why the FBI got involved then? Because they could trace some of the drug business back to the United States? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's perfect. That's a
2: perfect... Uh, so why would the FBI get involved? I no, was, was wondering
1: that, was, that, was that my too. Question. I was it's, like, yeah. why? Like, the so ov- yeah.
2: Obviously, the FBI is a uh, United States faction. So they wouldn't... I don't think they would just... Uh, for a random 24-year-old murder... What the shit does our FBI have to do with Canada and their twenty-four-year-old realtor murder? I get Nothing it.
1: could be so drug trafficking there, from Mexico. That up to is Canada. what.
2: That are, there you go. So uh. the FBI usually gets involved if it's if it travels if the crime travels mm-hmm. across the nation. or is a, a bigger entity like a, a drug cartel or something running drugs? Mm-hmm. Okay. So
3: that would be the DEA too, right?
2: Well, well, yeah, maybe they're right. involved too. But I know the FBI just got involved. But there is a caveat there. Maybe the sand sandwich police have just done a complete shit job. Which I mean,
1: yeah, but doesn't Canada? Yeah, have what they want FBI? to get the Mounties like, involved? It's kind of strange. Uh, yeah, I think you're. Yeah, I think no, your you're first thing something. is right. Yeah, for sure.
2: Okay, yeah. So that's why. And the FBI just jumped on board last week. Okay, so this is what is going to be really interesting. But I dropped my theory of the real estate market crash getting revenge because I think this is a Boys on the Track remix in Canada.
3: Oh. So that's where we're going
2: now, and this shit gets fucking deep. So you're trying and to
3: tie some pot- political thing?
2: No, I don't I don't know. I think maybe the sandwich police, some of them are involved. Because there's a lot of corruption with that, but I don't think the FBI really cares about that, but I think there is a, well, let let me just get started with it.
3: Okay. Okay. There is an actual town in Massachusetts called Sandwich. Mm -hmm. So there is actual Sandwich police.
2: Police documents mention that Lindsay Buziak went on a four day trip to Calgary in December 2007. So December is two months before she got murdered.
1: And what was she doing on this trip?
2: Where her papa, Jeff Buziak, lives in Calgary. Now, okay. she went, and this is from him, to tell him that she's breaking up with Jason Zalo. Got
1: it. Does her dad think it's the boyfriend?
2: <sighs> the dad thinks it's everyone. So oh, okay. the dad is very outspoken. He was recently on Dr. Phil, and... He blames everyone for this murder. She goes up to Calgary December 2007 and she contacts an old friend. But Mm. this is important. She tells her father while she's there that she's seen something that she wasn't supposed to see.
1: Oh, shit.
2: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well,
1: there you go. Whatever that it was, she she done gotten killed for that.
2: Now, this is the main detective right here. His name is Detective Sergeant Chris Horsley. He says, quote, there is nothing in her life. And we've conducted an extensive background check that would indicate that she was.
3: He's talking about Lindsay.
2: Yeah, that would indicate that she was involved in anything criminal in anything of a domestic violence relationship and that is the most perplexing thing it is also possible Boziac's killers were under the mistaken impression she had revealed information she shouldn't have hmm. he said or perhaps that she somehow connected to a dangerous person without knowing it and this is from sergeant dean jansen he says, quote, the killing was very organized. This is going off the hit. This a mm-hmm. uh, mafia hit. There were there was a lot of planning and effort and forethought. These are the most complex crimes, and this is the most egregious crime. And often they can become long term and complicated. There are people in the community who are withholding information. We huh. know there is a bit of cone of silence around this. That's what he says.
3: Well, I know when you think about like job hazards, like real estate agents don't really have that many, but I guess that could be one of them. If you're showing a house and someone takes a phone call that you're not supposed to hear or you, you know, something like that. Um, that could be a job hazard. So, I mean, even or just she, being alone with people. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, maybe she did get maybe she, you know, previously was showing a house. Maybe it may not have been a million dollar listing, but maybe she was showing a house and someone took a phone call and they thought that, you know, they heard, she heard something that she wasn't supposed to, or she said, told her dad that she saw something that she wasn't supposed to. And maybe that was why she was targeted. Hmm.
2: Now, what you're reading now is from the Calgary Herald. This is from Thursday, January 24th, 2008.
1: Drug haul valued at $2.5 Police seizes 25 kilograms of cocaine and $200,000 in cash.
2: Okay, so around that time she went to Calgary is when Calgary police had their largest drug bust in history. $2.5 million worth of Cocaine, cocaina, run up through Canada, most likely down from South America, Mexico, transported up by ours truly, the Hells Angels, and mm. implanted there in Canada.
1: Huh.
2: Now, I'm going to get to that speculation here in a second. Uh-huh. But this was the high noon operation. That's what the police were calling it. Police were initially tipped off about this they were Ugh. tipped off in November of 2007, mm-hmm. so three months before, arrested was the main drug leader, Erickson Delacassar. Okay, the Delacassar family is not, uh, notorious Canadian drug runners. They're one of the big families up there. I don't know if they got families or whatever, but they they're known for the drug running. Okay, in canada mm-hmm. 28 years old at the time him and a guy named graham scott taylor arrested january 22nd 2008 all right let me back up the main guy we're talking about here is erickson delcazar 10 days later after his arrest was when lindsey buziak was murdered one day before lindsey buziak was murdered delcazar was denied bail the same time frame was when uh, of this whole operation is when the burner phone was purchased. Okay. The crime phone was used 24 hours within the window of the killing of Lindsay Buziak. Here is the drug bust here.
4: Wow. You see all the drugs wow.
2: there. Wow. That's a lot. So let's let's go back. In December 2007, Buziak visited her father and said, I seen something that I shouldn't have seen. You look at her Facebook page and it is full of well-known drug runners. Okay, so now now we're forming a connection here.
1: Deleted messages.
2: This is Erickson Lopez Delicasar.
1: Oh, he got a baby tiger. Look at the size of those tigers' paws. Yeah, he gonna be a big boy. At
2: approximately 9 p.m. on Tuesday, January 22nd, so two weeks before her death, Members of CPS Drug Unit conducted a traffic stop in the 300 block of Hawthorne Drive. They were tipped off by someone. And inside the vehicle, officers discovered five kilograms of cocaine worth $150,000. And that drug bust of the car led them to the house of this guy where they found more drugs. Some sources that I found online... Say they were tipped off twice. The first call was, hey, there's drugs here. The second call was, hey, you missed the safe, the big old safe with all the drugs in it, type mm-hmm. of thing. Okay, this is this is where it gets in speculation. But I, I am I am putting all my sources on talkmore.com. It's very it's very uh interesting how these things link up so perfectly. Yeah. Now, here is where it gets crazy. Lindsay. Remember, she goes to Calgary. She calls a friend. Yeah. Forever, the police didn't say who that friend was. Guess who that was? Who? That guy right no. there with the tiger. Oh, that shit. is her long-term friend. So, as soon as Lindsay... Uh, now, this is... No. I'll put my sources on that information.
1: She's biffles with a big-time drug lord.
2: Not at the time. They went to school together, apparently... And mm-hmm. things change. Some people, you know, become and, real estate and agents. She heard Some people become that she drug lords. Have seen she saw something go down. Okay, so here's yeah, how it goes. Okay, she visits okay. her dad in Calgary. She lives in Victoria. She visits her dad in Calgary. Literally, when she leaves the next day, they get arrested. Big drug bust. Two point five million. The biggest. And they know that someone tipped the police off. Who they, the fuck are they looking at that thought that did that? Yeah,
1: they think it's her because they were there. They ta- you go,
2: yeah. okay, because they talked. She actually dated one of Erickson's friends and before, and Jason Zalo, the boy, her current boyfriend, was friends with a Ziggy Matheson. Now, Ziggy Matheson played hockey with Jason, and Jason's mother was renting a house to Ziggy Matheson, a well-known heroin dealer and drug user. So she is involved in this, even if she doesn't know it, right?
1: A lot of associations Mm -hmm. here. (laughs)
2: Lindsay was bothered by Zalo's, her boyfriend's relationship to Zachary Ziggy Mathen. Matheson, a well-known heroin, cocaine, and ecstasy dealer on Vancouver Island. I have a photo at the very end of this slideshow, which will show them two together, Matheson okay. and her boyfriend at the time. So, because I was looking for, I was actually looking for a picture with her and this guy, Della but I could not find a picture of that. Mm. It may have been on those deleted Facebook yeah. posts. Jason started dealing steroids and that's where Lindsay got upset, apparently and that's when she told her dad in confidence that quote i saw something that i shouldn't have seen all right so what do you guys think so far you think this is, sorry this is so long. I think
1: this is drug related yeah now. absolutely um is but but between all of these little quin quinky dinks mm-hmm. and the fbi getting involved that really makes sense
2: yeah. yeah um let's wrap this up so this is from retired royal canadian mounted police homicide detective and forensic coroner Gary Rogers. Now he has several theories on this and he's deleted all of them from his website. Huh. Really? But this is what he says verbatim from his website dyingwords.net or dyingwords. yeah, dyingwords.net if you want to read this.
1: But a story getting a lot of attention doesn't surprise me. That's the high profile unsolved Lindsay Buziak murder that happened in Victoria, British Columbia in 2008. I took on the task of researching Lindsay's tragic circumstances and it swirled me down a rabbit hole I couldn't have imagined. I've met many of Lindsay's family and friends as well as several suspects. One prime person of interest laid a criminal harassment complaint against me as a ruse to get me off her back. The cop said it was a civil matter. I told her to sue me as I'd love to get her under oath and on the witness
2: stand. Hold on one second. So most likely he's talking about Jason Zallow's mother. Okay. Jason Zeller's mother is a, a very successful real estate agent. She was renting the house to one of the drug dealers, Matheson, which right. was tied in with Adela Kassar. And, okay. and Now, you know, the, when I'm saying these names, th- these are the low level players. Right. The, if you want to, let's take a bird's eye view of this right quick. We're talking about street dealers and even up, you, know, Adela Sar. He's probably... Uh,
1: I'm trying to think of what it's called. He's the, like a, mid-level manager.
3: Yeah, he's like a mid-level, mid-level manager. Yeah, he's like a mid-level Yeah, he's like a mid-level drug that?
2: manager. But let's take a bird's eye view and go up a little bit. Yeah. Then what do you really see? You see the Sicaros, the Mexican cartels because this not is not get
1: a made man. He, yeah.
2: This is a No, that's mafia. Th- yeah, this is a Mexican <laughs> a, a South American drug, Colombia. It goes up, who gets it up there?
1: The Mexicans. No.
2: Who gets it through Mexico, through the United States? The Hell's going straight. Angels. The Hell's Angels oh, oh, oh. ride it up there to Canada. Delicasar, he has his province or whatever that he's controlled, and that then he gets that, and then he splits it he across the low-level dealers delegates. and delegates, and then to the fiends, right? So if you go to a bird's-eye view, this gets... That's what he's talking about. This was a rabbit hole because, yeah, you start pulling one string and then guess what? Now you're seeing the big the big cartels, the Sinaloa cartel or whatever is involved in this. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. When I started privately investigating Lindsay's murder, I was unprepared for her bizarre father. He's been the drive to keep Lindsay's memory alive by narcissistically placing himself front and center media wise, including his recent appearance on the Dr. Phil TV show. I was pathologically lied to and then personally attacked online by the dad. Hmm. I had a real hard time coming to grip with how intentionally misleading he's been in the years since his daughter was killed. Hmm. It's a sad and strange story on its own. What I can say about Lindsay Buziak's murder is that I may not be able to truthfully write the public story as the circumstances now sit. I have a lot of information about this awful mess, the motive for the crime, with probable certainty who the conspirators are. If I publish what I've learned and what people close to the story have candidly told me to tell the truthful and accurate story, I might compromise an active police investigation that cannot happen. What I can say about Lindsay's case is that she was totally an innocent victim of an elaborate conspiracy to frame her as a police agent. That was to cover up and protect a real police informant who double-crossed an arm of the Sinaloa drug cartel in a multi-million dollar cocaine loss. Yes, the story that is involved is complicated. I will also say with probable certainty that the two people directly involved in the stabbing Lindsay to death are a Mexican brother and sister pair who are now long gone from Canada. However, the co-conspirators who fed Lindsay to the killer are still active in the Victoria area one of them checks my blog daily
2: so i am definitely i my my theory is on this retired detective that's what i believe and i'm gonna show you exactly who he's talking about the brother and sister oh wow because and this is another thing about canada this guy has been extradited from canada three times huh and he the last time he was already here in canada when this murder happened
1: you mean the brother of this brother-sister pair? Yeah.
2: Okay. And the sister. Got it. Y- you know what I'm saying? But all right, l- let me just wrap this up to show connections between the boyfriend and the the murder. Because I do believe everyone is involved. I don't believe the boyfriend knew that this was going to happen. I believe that Lindsay Buziak saw something with her friend, mm-hmm. or maybe not even, that may not have even been been uh that important Mm -hmm. but the fact that she was there in calgary and as soon as she leaves the biggest bust in history which was tipped off by an informant which this guy the retired detective claims to be a police informant that kind of disguised herself as a real estate agent that's kind of what he's saying covering up to be a real estate agent does that make sense Uh now they're looking for like a young informant am i are you with me well, yeah, especially since she was new to the real estate game. There you go. You get it? So, what did he say? Let me go back. Wait, when... are they
1: saying she was <laughs> Lindsay was a police informant?
2: No. Lindsay. In my opinion and this guy's opinion, if I'm reading it right,
3: was innocent, was innocent
2: and she was mistaken for the informant. The
3: other the other young real estate agent that they called. Huh.
2: What I can say about Lindsay's case is that she was totally innocent victim of an elaborate conspiracy to frame her as a police agent. Mm. Okay, that was to cover up and protect a real police informant who double crossed an arm of the Sinaloa drug cartel.
4: Mm. So,
2: I think either one or two things. Someone had to die for this. And they thought that it was Lindsay that tipped off the police.
1: Which po- and, pro- likely, no, with her connections. Could have
3: been. It could have been, could have her, been. With her. But connections this guy's saying, saying she that she
2: was, she was made to, to look like a police agent.
3: But mm. she wasn't. According to him,
2: and the the real police informant—that's what he says—who double cro- who crossed an arm of the Sinaloa drug cartel. So she anyway, it doesn't matter. She leaves Calgary, and immediately her high school friend gets arrested as the big drug runner.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: who the fuck you think tipped him off? Obviously, her. Right, you know what I am saying. I mean, who else would you think? Right, does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: A lot of people think the the boyfriend and the mother are involved. Maybe. They are connected. I do believe there's a bigger conspiracy here that goes on with money laundering and stuff like that. Hmm. I think the mother is extremely shady. I think the boyfriend's extremely shady. The mother was renting a house out to a known drug runner. Yeah. That Matheson guy. Yep. Which is right here. They played hockey together, so we know that they're connected that way. Lindsay was just unfortunate enough to date a guy who is somewhat involved, may not be directly Jason's playing
1: with them yeah. in
2: the drug trade that goes all the way to Calgary, the
1: Sinaloa cartel. Exactly, wow. Louise.
2: Oof. Here is the killer couple. From what I found, now this is from a blog that I would get fired if I was a real journalist for posting, but I will post the sources at talkmurder.com.
1: Armchair sleuths out there.
2: This Mm -hmm. is the brother and sister, Leopoldo Rojo Beltran, if you want to read that, and his sister, Hermila Rojo Beltran. Now, she is blonde. She fits the description perfectly. Very heavy Mexican accent. And he was in Canada. And now he's not in Canada. He's back in Mexico working with the Sinaloa cartel. If you want to read this.
1: Leopoldo Rojo Beltran was one of the men charged in the Calgary drug bust. He was also a citizen of Mexico with ties to a Mexican drug cartel. At the time of Lindsay's murder, Leo lived in Calgary. His sister Hermila lived in Burnaby. Hermila had a heavy Spanish accent, just like the female suspect. The female suspect called Lindsay with the sole intention of luring her to the D'Souza property. Murder was their plan. Leo and Hermila are the most likely suspects who have gone into the 1702 D'Souza home, and they fit the description the witness gave. Mm,
2: so, we are actually, like, putting some drug cartel members on this. I hope you guys don't mind. But... Well, I, you know, hopefully the FBI, you, so, you go back to the carpet that was ripped up with modern technology. Hopefully they still got that carpet because the sandwich police they ain't doing shit. They have not done shit. So hopefully the FBI comes in and can solve this murder. But they they may not even be trying to solve the murder. They may be trying to to solve the big it's, drug. Yeah, I was going to
1: say it's a bigger picture here. Exactly.
2: But hopefully these guys have some dna skin cells whatever and if you can place this couple in the home well then you'll know the killer and you probably won't be able to catch them you know i mean this is who knows man there's only so far i can go with this case i i I did two episodes a week i can't go any further than this i mean
1: it's just like conspiracy after conspiracy (laughs) and wow yeah i was not (laughs) expecting it to go that way. Yeah.
2: It's, uh, this case just freaking hurt my head, man. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a Lindsey Buziak case. I'm
1: very interested to see how this plays out with the FBI now involved.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. That's all I got, man. I, I don't know who killed her.
1: Well, we'll figure it Obviously, out. Obviously,
2: it was a man and a woman. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think there was definitely drug involvement. And
2: she wasn't sexually assaulted or anything, they were leaving the home. And if he is a hitman, it makes sense why she didn't have any defensive room. Stab her right in the back.
1: And I know. think I think they did the you know the it makes sense too with the severing of the spine. I mean, they they kill people it all the time. It makes sense man. to to stab forty times to make it throw people off. Yeah. you know maybe they knew that the boyfriend had a shady history and they thought like uh, if we if we do certain things, it may look like a crime of passion yeah. instead.
3: This guy so. this guy
2: probably doesn't even remember. The killing man, he's probably killed a hundred fucking people, mm. you know, way more than I have. I mean, he's killed a lot of people, <laughs> a little bit more than I have. I'm just kidding, but yeah, yeah I th-
3: forgot that like you are a war veteran when you said that. And I was like, You <laughs> <"He> killed people <laughs> the way he said it, yeah, he's so nonchalant. Yeah. yeah,
2: but if you um, have the balls to go and search these people and dive further down the rabbit hole, this is where I'm stopping because i uh i ain't trying to get involved with no mexican cartel
3: no, no we'll keep the Sinaloas. Shit. i value my life we're we just
2: trying to get money with ads <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> to like, buy pancakes yeah
2: yeah so that's as far as i'm going to go with it i'll put all the sources there you can dive way further deeper than than i can but i'm telling you i don't think it i don't think the boyfriend had anything to do with it,
1: Not I, it I, I think
2: he may have but he didn't know it
1: i don't think so Mm-mm. I don't think he did.
3: Yeah.
2: I think he may just be a douche, you know, because he did have problems in the relationship, apparently. But I mean,
3: Everyone dude, if they look at our relationship, relationship if you
2: go missing, they'll be like, oh my God, look what he yeah, texted it, her. It
3: don't look good to you. <laughs> <laughs> it don't look good.
2: <laughs> anyway. I feel
3: like I would also be involved in an investigation, too. Oh, easily. But let's just say I have no,
2: like. What if Nicole goes missing? Yeah. Yeah. The first thing I'm going to do is text you and be like, Jim, what do we do with this this thing here, this problem? Jim, what do we do with this problem? It's leaking on the carpet.
1: I love how it's always like, <laughs> I'm going this. Like, why is it
3: me? I'll be
2: like, Jim, you left your problem here at the house.
3: <laughs> they, then they get a hold of it. They see like a, le- like a math textbook or something stupid like that. Oh, it really was a problem. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Uh,
2: so... No, if you do go missing, what I would do is I would dig a grave in the backyard and put one of those fake skeletons back right there oh in the hole and cover it up.
1: I really just <laughs> <You fucked up. laughs> God, I'm just I'm not going to say anything else.
2: Well, if you go missing, obviously it's not me that did it. Why would I do it? I mean, who's gonna cook for me? <laughs> not
3: me. <laughs> you're the skeleton in the backyard. <laughs> it won't be me cooking unless we all know that. But so. I mean the
2: police always look at the husband or whatever. Yeah, you're screwed. So it's like, dude, whatever. Yeah, you're That's, screwed. I'll one benefit rogue. to me
3: being single Yeah. Is that if someone gets murdered No, it just it's probably looked look like me. one of us did it. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, guys. I hope you guys stuck in there. That was a hard, really hard story It's One of the hardest. It was it was really difficult to lay out, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. That's a lot to unpack. That's as far as I can go down it. But that's the Lindsay Buziak murder, real estate murder. The unique thing about it is the phone call that lured her, a young real estate agent, to a, a vacant house, and then she was stabbed 40 times. If you want to see the evidence photos, go to talkmer.com to see those and you can watch this on YouTube and that's it. If you want to support us, talkmer.com slash join and become our new patrons and our Tacos Primos and that's all I got. So my name is John. I'm here with Jen and Nicole and until next time, good night you lovely, lovely people.
4: At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account, then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash MoneyScout. At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account, then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at huntington.com slash moneyscout.